0: Hello and welcome to the Moving Pictures Podcast. I'm here with Sean. Hello. Ryan. Hello there. Kevin. Ladies and gentlemen. Chris. Hi. Katie. Hello. And me, Connor. This week we watched The Green Lantern starring Ryan Reynolds. It's a story about the Green Lantern uh, fighting crime and supervillains. He uses a magic ring that is only limited by his own imagination. Your name? Hal Jordan.
1: The ring chose you. Take it. The ring turns thought into reality. Its limits are only what you can imagine. The sword of human. They said
2: they wouldn't have chosen me. If you didn't see something, I don't see it.
0: I see it. You
1: had the ability to overcome fear.
2: Sean, what did you think of the movie? It is uh, not the best movie ever made, but I did like it. I did enjoy aspects of it quite a bit in some cases, but I felt like the things I liked about it didn't really go well with each other, I'd say.
0: Ryan, what did you think? It was really
3: bad. It was really a bad, bad movie. There were some visually some interesting things going on, just, I mean, you know, with that expensive sort of special effects, but other than that, the plot didn't feel very well put together, Uh, wasn't that funny, just a bad movie.
4: Kevin, what did you think? I acknowledge it was a bad movie, and yet I also did kind of enjoy quite a bit of it. Like, I would be watching it and thinking, well, that is bad, the CG looks bad. Blake Lively's doing a terrible job, I don't like this, I don't like this, and yet I was still enjoying it, and I was not expecting that. I had heard so many bad things, and I was convinced I was just not going to like it. I never liked any of the trailers for it, and uh, I'm a huge Green Lantern fan, and I was sort of offended by this, that, and the other about it, and I still, I, I really enjoyed myself, by and large, despite a, a million misgivings.
5: Chris, what did you think? It was not very good. It wasn't the worst comic book movie I've ever seen, by any stretch, but it was just utterly conventional. I feel like it fell prey to all of the conventional sort of problems that a lot of the bad comic book movies of the recent era have fallen prey to, in terms of spending a lot of time on plot for things that the audience wouldn't necessarily be interested in, pacing, writing. Yeah, not a good film. Katie, what did you think?
1: I really liked it. I'm a sucker for a comic book movie, especially superhero movies. You know, obviously it wasn't amazing. But there were things that I definitely enjoyed about it and overall I thought it was pretty enjoyable despite not being 100% well made.
0: Well myself, I definitely liked it. It's not the best comic book movie ever, but it's very enjoyable and I really wouldn't say it was bad at any point. I think if you like comic book movies, you'll like this one and if you don't, then you won't. Okay, so let's talk about Ryan Reynolds acting. What did people think about that?
4: Kevin? Uh, I was fine with it. I am not his biggest fan in the world. I, I sort of feel like he brings the same thing to the table over and over again and not an interesting cool thing like John Wayne. <laughs> uh, just sort of a am sht- oh, thinking about the John Wayne the context of this movie. He'd be a better Green Lantern. But, um... <laughs> an interesting movie. (laughs) But I think he tried to add humor to parts, and I I didn't ever really laugh at them. Any kind of mildly humorous thing that was in it was jammed into every trailer, and every trailer was jammed in front of every other movie. And so then when they'd come up, I'd be like, okay, well, he's going to say this thing, you know, and then he'd say that thing. And so that that was sort of it. Inherently, Hal Jordan can be a cool character. I really like him in the comic, of course, but he is sort of a... It's a limited premise. It's not... Like, you know, his parents were killed or he's a, a, a refugee of a dead planet. He's just a, uh, a cocky asshole who gets extra powers <laughs> and uh, doesn't just get to fly around in jets, gets to fly around without jets. <laughs> um, so, you know, it, it's sort of a problematic character. It's not all his fault, but uh, I, I, I didn't particularly think that he added anything, nor did I, I I think he really subtracted anything, though.
2: At one point in the movie, one of the characters tells Ryan Reynolds' character, Hal Jordan, to watch his back, and he says, that's impossible. That was funny. Did you laugh at that, Kevin? I did kind of laugh a little. Yeah, right, so there's a part that I think was probably added by Ryan Reynolds that you laughed at. Case closed. <laughs> uh.
0: I actually like Ryan Reynolds a lot and uh, I can't always defend him. Some movies he's not good in. I don't like Van Wilder, for example. <laughs> but I like him. I think he's very funny, a very good actor. In my opinion, though, this movie was too focused on the comedy, too co- focused on the shtick of having Ryan Reynolds as their star.
4: Of the stars of Two Guys, A Girl and a Pizza Place, I would much have rather had Nathan Fillion <laughs> as Hal Jordan.
0: He's not really the star. I mean, he, that's for a different podcast.
5: <laughs> I wasn't especially crazy about Ryan Reynolds. I do agree with what Kevin said. He does sort of bring a very similar energy and a very similar comedic timing to sort of all the roles I've seen him in that call for that sort of thing, which it isn't terribly bad or offensive, but I was just so uninterested in the Hal Jordan character, and I could really could not have cared less about his personal successes. I think I'd like to see a superhero movie that sort of threaded the needle between not like Spider-Man, where he's like really sort of a lonely nerd, in between that reality and where it's like an alpha male hotshot asshole who becomes like a superhero, (laughs) not being born with it, I mean.
3: Yeah, that was the big problem for me was that I did not find him at all sympathetic in in any fashion whatsoever. I just sort of hated him. I'm sort of rooting, rooting against him. In all honesty, <laughs> in fact, in fact, I, I I sort of determined partway through the movie that it, you know in my ideal movie, uh, um, Peter Sarsgaard's character would be the hero, <laughs> and, and and this 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 asshole played by Ryan Reynolds would be the bad guy.
0: How was he an asshole? I don't think he was an asshole. He was certainly cocky, but he was he was doing what he was supposed to do the
3: whole time. God, you know, if I hadn't have been writing trivia challenge answers, I could have written down all the all the absurd lines that that totally show that he is a. Total jerk. I really, I fail to see any sort of interesting character there whatsoever. I feel like he didn't really show himself to be as a protagonist, and he was just sort of just really smug. And he was a doer, not a thinker. And we always want the doers to win.
2: I don't really have a problem with Ryan Reynolds acting in this movie. I was expecting to. I do have a problem with how the character is written at this at points. Because I do agree with Brian that he is kind of an asshole at points. <laughs> I don't agree quite as much with Brian in the fact that he's an asshole completely. Because I feel like they go for the idea of him being an asshole and then he comes into this ness During the more dramatic stuff, I was surprised how much I got into his acting and the writing of those scenes. But they do overplay his assholeness, I think, from my end, uh, quite a bit in the movie. And I, I think that is definitely a weak part of the film. The only thing I didn't really like acting-wise is there's this scene in the movie where there's a lot of talk about his mask when he shows up at Blake Lively's apartment. He says this line of, like, the mask coming with the suit, but he says it with this grin on his face like he just farted or something, and it's just something really goofy about it. <laughs> I thought it was just, like, really weird. In any event, I did like him in this movie there was no fart smile i would like to say for
0: the record. <laughs> that was not in the movie yeah. i
3: feel like I, I that was something i experienced not a fart smile
2: specifically <laughs> but, uh,
3: but there were there were many awkward grins and awkward sort of like i'm smirking at a time when you don't normally smirk it just felt felt very strange to me
5: Time for this week's installment of Forgettable Villains from Forgettable Films.
1: Give me a name. Fuck
5: you! That's my name! <laughs>
2: Stumpy Joe.
5: Agent Smith.
2: Proud Blucher. Kaiser Sosa. Illinois Nazis. Rocco Man. Dog. Uh, Mother. Godmother. God, God. Wanda. Willow.
5: Roger! You can call me Susan if it makes you happy. From Dungeon Siege in the name of the king, Galleon.
1: Yay! Yay. Played by
5: Ray Liotta. Life has never been so exciting. That's right. That's right. <laughs> He's a dastardly sorcerer. Near the climax of the movie, he employs his awesome sorcery powers to, like, make a whole bunch of books fly at the protagonist. <laughs> just try to bury him under books. He says a whole bunch of terrible lines. Sort of bosses around Matthew Lillard, too. <laughs> that's a God. God, Matthew a God. Lillard is stooge. Yeah. Matthew Lillard's his little boot lick. Tell me, Duke,
2: what do you know of a man they call Farmer? One would imagine
1: that he falls. Yes,
2: I should think so. (laughs) Yeah, that's a bad movie. (laughs) Clearly,
1: you're not as big an Uber fan as I am. Clearly,
5: (laughs) he was indeed a forgettable fan. Forgettable (laughs) fan.
0: (laughs) What did we think about the villains in this? Parallax and Hector Hammond. Dr. Hector uh,
3: Hammond. I really like
2: both villains, actually. I really like how they kind of juggled having both w- villains, more or less. I like Peter Starsgård's portrayal of this character a lot, and I kind of enjoyed his blossoming as a villain as he's hearing all these, you know, terrible things that people are thinking about him. I thought that was sort of a uh, an interesting way for his more sinister urges to come out. I mean they do overblow it I feel like near the end. I mean w- when they push him over the edge, but I feel like that's sort of understandable considering the nature of everything is going on I guess in this, you know, in this movie where he's infected by this alien. I like the design of the parallax creature and I like the concept behind the parallax creature. Both the Parallax and Peter Sarosgaard's betrayal of Hector Hammond feel like they were a lot more serious than certain aspects of this film. And I felt like I liked a lot of the aspects of the villains, and I liked also some of the more, like, jokey aspects of the Green Lantern stuff, and the fantasy aspects of the Green Lantern planet. I just didn't feel like all this stuff really melded together exceptionally well, especially, like, the extra creepy stuff that Peter Sarsgaard was throwing into his portrayal of Hector Hammond, which I did enjoy, but clashed with some of the good funny scenes and some of the lame funny scenes of Green Lantern.
4: I should say that uh, for, for fans of the comic book, the villains in this are linked in ways that they aren't in the comic. They make it so that it's the force of fear, the yellow force, is represented by Parallax, but that Parallax is a guardian who has been changed into Parallax, uh, who was trying to use the power of fear that they had locked away. And then Hector Hammond is infected by the power of fear, which was what was used to kill Abin Sur, which is, is not what it is in the comic book, but it just, it, it tries to link it all together so that there's one big villain, essentially, and Hector Hammond's sort of his minion, which is sort of a shame because Hector Hammond's a really cool bad guy that was there fairly early on and then they've kept around a long time. And they usually kind of keep him sedated, but he breaks out. And I don't know, I, I really like him as a guy because he is very sympathetic and he is very creepy at the same time. So I, I was sort of disappointed that he dies at the end of this.
3: Yeah, um, I'd say Hammond was really well acted, uh, horribly written, uh, um, really not good. And yeah, that was BS. The way that Abin Sur gets killed by the power of fear and it just like stays on him. I didn't get that at all. I didn't understand how that happened and it felt like a sort of cheap creation of the plot.
1: I really liked the uh, Hammond character, but I did feel like they didn't really flesh out the history behind him. Like, it was hinted at that, you know, he had known Blake Lively's character and Hal Jordan earlier, but you didn't really get where and, you know, you knew that he was the senator's son, but, and that his whole past with that and, oh, it must have been hard being, you know, his son, having him as a father, but... That wasn't really fleshed out at all. And, you know, it's possible that if they had tried to put those scenes in, it would have just felt really out of nowhere and not supported. But I do feel like they could have given him a little bit more history. As it was, he was sympathetic, but there wasn't enough there for me to grab onto, and I kind of didn't really feel anything when he was killed.
4: Yeah, they could have had him be the scientist that Hal Jordan was talking to on the radio, Except that then they needed some friend for Hal Jordan to talk to oh, yeah, later. You know what I mean? That guy who I didn't like. I didn't like that character. <laughs> his buddy character. And so, you know, that was the perfect spot for him. Except then that it denies Hal anyone to, to speak to about how cool the power is.
5: I agree. I think Peter Sarsgaard in that role was probably my favorite part of the movie. I did like uh, sort of his presence and the way he performed it. Though it was not terribly well written. One way in which I didn't like having the double villains of Hector and Parallax is that the instant that Hector is neutralized when he's confronting Hal Jordan in the hangar, like, no sooner is he blown back than you see Parallax start to, like, come in through the window. It's, like, unless he was just waiting outside knowing, knowing that this was going on, that moment sort of cracked the suspension of disbelief yeah, for me. That is stupid. Mm-hmm. Well,
4: there is also the moment where Hector Hammond is terrorizing his dad and everybody, and Green Lantern just appears out of nowhere. Yeah. After we haven't even seen him patrolling or anything, and he just kind of bursts in through the wall. Well,
2: both parallax showing up in that hangar, and with Green Lantern showing up in uh, that particular science lab or whatever, both problems, I feel like, with those scenes could have been solved by just showing some sort of like buildup of them approaching these respective buildings, or whatever, yep. or editing that into the scene, because it, especially with the parallax thing, where you just see his tentacles over the windows, that is true, and that is like weird, and just sort of like, oh, now he's here. Yeah. <laughs> especially when you have this big epic space creature, you don't show any sort of shot of him <laughs> approaching the Earth. It's just weird. He's just there. It's like him opening his closet, and then parallax is there. It's like it's just like such a lack of like drama to it, I guess.
4: I really was waiting for the big wide shot of here comes Parallax and here's the Earth and he's bigger than that but you got no sense of how big the city was uh, presumably Coast City where Green Lantern lives Or, uh, (laughs) or or what? It was just like you'd get a bunch of sort of medium shots of him terrorizing like 10 to 30 people, say. And all those people, the lighting of them was, was such... It was kind of bluish, and they kind of looked like they were just totally unimportant. And it was just just very weirdly handled. And I was so surprised that the director of this directed Casino Royale, which I loved. He, he directed Goldeneye, which that, too, surprised me. The good guy who did Casino Royale directed Goldeneye. But...
2: Dolby well, is a good movie. Yeah, good movie. I mean, See yeah, but it's
4: like, it's much more traditional yes, than yes. that, and so it was so surprising because I was like, well, this is just like a first time director. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's using everybody all wrong. And it wasn't that. I just think he just didn't know how to handle special effects. I guess so much. I don't know.
5: And now, my children, a reading from the book Wikipedia.
4: Alright, so, according to Wikipedia, this has been in production for quite some time. Initially, they had talked to Kevin Smith about doing it in the late 90s. Robert Smigel wrote a script for it. You might know him as Triumph, the insult comic dog, <laughs> creator of uh, the ambiguously gay duo, etc. And Jack Black was all ready to go as the star, as Hal Jordan. And it was going to be a uh, a not only slightly sort of skewed take on Green Lantern that we got from Ryan Reynolds, it was... Pretty much straight-up comedy, it seems like.
5: Better? Worse? What do you think? Uh, it certainly sounds more interesting. <laughs> I'd probably be more game to see it. I think but... it would have been worse. Yeah. <laughs> it, well could, it well could have been worse, yeah. but would have been more of a thrill ride. <laughs> also,
4: for the current incarnation of it, they had uh, been throwing around the names of uh, Ryan Reynolds, of course, but also Bradley Cooper, Jared Leto, and Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah,
2: I remember that.
3: Cry me a river. Probably would
2: have preferred Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Someone I Maybe used not. to work for once described Jared Leto as, uh, in terms of his acting ability, as Miss passing through your fingers. <laughs> <laughs> I always remember. <laughs> he says he never remembers him in any movie. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: Wikipedia, not always right, not always wrong.
2: I think the special effects in certain ways work because I feel like there's a lot of like creativity going into designing certain aspects of them. It's just they all look distinctly like computer generated and I feel like that was sort of like maybe just intentional. Every once in a while the special effects would really blow me away.
3: There'd be something really interesting. But then every once in a while it would feel like there was something very very cheap. And not 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 cheap in quality, but cheap in, in what it's 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 trying to do. Like there's like a scene where he throws his arms out, and his, his costume it, uh, uh, um, appears on him, and like the two characters involved in the scene are amazed at like uh, like how it happened. It sort of, it just sort of seems like well, uh, it feels like we've had this technology for a long mm. time. I I it, there there were just aspects of the special effects that were very unimpressive, and I also think, uh, in general, that's. Just not a good way to tell stories. Is is to have a bunch of special effects up there, unless it's really part of the story.
4: We're at a place in time where we're able to do things, technologically speaking, and practically that we've never been able to do before. And I think marrying those two is what's going to make this movie so utterly incredible. I felt the same way. Not about that scene of him getting the clothes on because I had seen that so many times in the trailer. But when he was talking to uh, Carol Ferris, it just like Lively's character, talking to her about his mask. And she's like, oh, it's so cool. He's like, yeah, do it again. Okay. Yeah, yeah, here's the mask. And, you know, he's just standing there. And it, it really draws attention to that, which I hated the mask. I hated how his eyes looked. And that always just kind of creeped me out. And so then to be like, here, look, watch it, watch it. Here, audience, here, the mask is on, the mask is off, the mask is gone. <laughs> I, I just really didn't like it. And, uh, and there are certain times where, like... You'd see him from sort of behind, in the back of his neck where it met the costume. It would look like the costume was like three inches deeper than his neck. I know it was very expensive. <laughs> it was like three hundred million dollars. No, they're saying three hundred million total, including, uh, including marketing, including marketing, I don't, and I'll uh, count that. <laughs> all right. <laughs> anyway, it was a huge budget for special effects, and then they increased it, and it all still just does not look good to
2: me. Some of it does look good. I feel like the mask is like really bad though. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like they, like, write in aspects to, like, oh, take that mask off. Because you yeah. don't need the mask off. I feel like they're doing that because, okay, this mask looks like shit. <laughs> the they might have to come on and off. And they have, that like, characters make fun of the mask, too. Yeah. Like, there's a couple, like, times in this movie where people just, like, rip into Ryan Reynolds character, like, the stuff he does. Like, your mask sucks. Or why'd you make a race car yeah. the first thing? <laughs> That's a valid question. <laughs> Him using his power to create all these like various almost sort of like cartoonish like machines, <laughs> so like like race cars and planes. In a certain way I preferred it to how I've seen his power used before. Because the in the stuff I've seen, he usually just makes shields for himself, or he uses it to fly, or he uses it to make big fists to punch people. So this is much more creative, I felt like, but it was also much more cartoonish. This movie, I feel like, is much more, like, comic booky, Like, much more, like, Saturday morning cartoony than, like, any other, like, comic book movie I've seen in a while. And I feel like there was a, maybe a certain charm to that I was responding to, but, again, with the villains, it, it was all going in sort of different directions. And then I feel like, in a certain way, the movie almost acknowledged that, and then it started just making fun of itself at points, which also I felt like kind of I didn't appreciate as well.
1: I really did appreciate that part. Um, I remember... When you first see Ryan Reynolds with the costume on and when it's explained that, oh, the mask will be there when you need to re- remain anonymous, I was I was just like, what? That, that mask doesn't do a lot. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It was the whole Clark Kent curl and no glasses thing all over again. But uh, I did appreciate that later in the movie that was kind of hit upon when Blake Lively just recognizes him immediately. It felt very... Like you said, comic booky, and I appreciate all the the little quippy stuff that you know, very Spider Man esque, and I don't know that that whole thing. That's part of why I love comic books and comic book movies so much. Is that kind of make fun of yourself, quippiness, and yeah, cheesy but good.
5: Uh, I guess I like that they know how ineffective the mask is. It just doesn't make sense, though. Then why I like this? Elite Green Lantern Corps uses such laughable, <laughs> ineffective masks. Like, when he says, this will protect your identity, like, is he just not aware that it's, like, just hopelessly insufficient to protect anyone's identity?
4: I am Tomarae, Ray, protector of Sector 2813. Your mask will appear when protection of your identity is required.
0: Well I think it's mm-hmm. funny then that the movie acknowledges how ridiculous that is but they have to stick with the same costume that's been set up for 60 years from the comic book and th- they keep that same costume and they make fun of it and I think I think that's what makes it work is the fact that they tease it. Not because it looks terrible like Sean said but because <laughs> it, it is a cheesy concept. There's
2: the scene where he is trying to protect himself from Parallax and Parallax is trying to like ignite some fear in him. He's telling him about all the things that are going to happen to his planet if he gives into fear at that point. And then Green Lantern sort of tries to pump himself up by giving the oath and then he does it at the end, and he escapes parallax. And that's sort of a cheesy concept, I admit, based on what's actually happening, but I think it's actually done very, very well in the movie and it gave me a good sense as to what I felt like this movie could be, something that was very obviously comic booky and of another world. But if tonally correct, something that would be very, you know, refreshing to see.
3: Going back to the sort of self-referential joking tone that it had, that actually really worked against the movie for me because I didn't find it funny. Honestly, it almost felt like the movie was mocking me. Like it was saying, it was saying, it was saying like, hey, you paid for this and look, look how bad it is. Like it was, that aspect of it just felt really snarky and not funny to me.
0: So, do all the Green Lanterns have white eyes in the comic?
4: Yeah, they all they all have white eyes when they are lanterning up, when they're getting serious. Well, I don't know if Guy Gardner does. Um, he's just sort of a tool, though. Sean Sterling is a man out of step with his time, a man who believes in an ultimate good best of all possible things to find it he's fated to forever ask which is better which is better
2: all right it's time for which is better hero edition connor houghton you enjoyed green lantern yeah you like him as a hero yeah but is he a better hero than superman which is better Uh, as a movie or as a hero as a hero as a hero Uh, superman which is a better hero green lantern or batman Batman. Which is a better hero, Green Lantern or The Flash? Uh, the Flash. Which is a better hero, Green Lantern or Mega Man? Uh, Green Lantern. Which is a better hero, Green Lantern or Steve Weeby? Uh, Steve Weeby. <laughs> Steve Weeby from King of Kong. Which is a better hero, Steve Weeby or Batman? Batman. Which is a better hero, Green Lantern or Aladdin? Green Lantern. Which is a better hero, Aladdin or Mega Man? Aladdin. <laughs> uh, which is a better hero, Mega Man or Earthworm Jim? Uh <laughs> Mega Man. She's a better hero. Earthworm Jim or Super Mario? Super Mario. She's a better hero. Green Lantern or Bowser? Uh,
0: <laughs> Green Lantern. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: was <just> not here. <laughs>
4: In terms of relating to the comic book, I I do agree with Sean that I liked that they used more of the constructs. They had them create more interesting things, because definitely in the cartoons, it's mostly just shields and lasers. And that's just, that's really dull. That's not a very exciting thing. So I was happy to see them, but at the same time, it kind of made me wonder if it could ever work that well. Because it seemed like, in the comic, when he's using it, they used to always have it be that you would see a green light going from his ring to the construct. And now lately they've had it just be that the constructs can exist independent of any light going to them. But it sort of seemed like he was more like a sorcerer, like he was summoning this and that and having those things do battle for him. And it felt sort of more like Sorcerer's Apprentice with (laughs) with Nicolas Cage at times. And I was kind of wondering... if there was a way to do that better. I I wasn't convinced that there was at all.
0: A flaw or a problem, if you will, I feel like, with the Green Lantern concept in general is that it's based on how smart the person with the Green Lantern ring is. Mm -hmm. So as a reader, as a nerdy reader, too, of the comic book or a nerdy watcher of the movie, you can constantly analyze every single situation and think, well, he could have thought this and built this construct to get out of this. (laughs) I was asking earlier, can he create an atomic bomb, for example? (laughs) Can he create something, can he think of something that would kill Parallax and that thing will just exist you know, whatever <laughs> right. it is and kill Parallax
4: yeah, it's a a valid question. I, I don't think... I mean, for when I was a kid, I was utterly convinced he couldn't do anything too complicated. I thought it was like the T-1000 kind of, you know, where you could make, like, big scissors or you could make, you know, something <laughs> practical, but you couldn't do... Or a boxing glove, but you couldn't do, like, guns and things. But now they do have it be that... Like, one character is a doctor and they created a, a, a construct of, like, this complicated medical equipment. So it, it is sort of questionable because you can't if you can make machinery, then I think you could make an atomic bomb, yeah. right? Or... Yeah. At least you can make the outside of the bomb if you had plutonium. I don't know if you could make plutonium.
2: Maybe Hal Jordan knows how to build a machine gun and a jet. But not an atomic bomb. Yeah. That's the explanation. Sure. Sure. But
0: then why not Why not learn how to build an atomic bomb? Why don't they train uh, at the Green Lantern Corps all these mythical like super uh, alien machines? Yeah.
2: Well, because they're not a bunch of nuke freaks over there. Yeah. They just want to go dropping atomic bombs all over space. It's not about the nuke, though. It's about the potential for the yeah. weapon to be No, I, I, I think you bring up a good point. that That is sort of, in essence, a, a problem with the character, or really just a problem in the way you would relate to the character, because you are always can always put yourself in that position where you're questioning the character's, like, choices in his use of his powers. In
0: a way, it makes him a great character, I feel like, because if you were the smartest writer on the planet, then you could really amaze everyone else (laughs) on the planet. (laughs) Hello, and welcome to Connor's Questions. Some hard-hitting reporting with me, Connor Houghton. Chris... Obama warns you that Parallax will be here in two months. He puts
5: you in charge of stopping him with a $2 billion budget. What do you do? I'd probably attempt to construct some sort of enormous uh, cannon, some sort of energy cannon. It could blast him towards the sun, maybe. (laughs) Kevin, follow-up
0: question. Would you harness the power of fear to save Earth? Absolutely. (laughs) Brian, is harnessing willpower as a fuel source the answer to our energy crisis? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, the government kidnaps you. You wake up in a scientific facility and there's an alien in front of you. They ask you to dissect it and tell them what you think. What do you do?
4: I, I do that. <laughs> that section, I dissect it and I give them my two cents. <laughs> <laughs> yep, guys, this is an alien. <laughs> I don't know what people look like inside. This guy looks weird.
0: (laughs) Katie, would you accept a job as the first female Green Lantern in Sector 2318?
1: I think 2317 would be my ideal, but seeing as as it is a great honor and responsibility, I I would have to accept, yes.
0: This has been Hard-Hitting Questions (laughs) with me, Connor (laughs) Houghton.
3: The problem I've always had with the Green Lantern character, much like the Superman character, is just that they're seemingly godly, like just seeming sort of like unstoppable. And I've never really found a way to relate on a human level with characters like that. And yeah, Green Lantern always has weird limits
0: to his powers uh, um, that don't that don't make a lot of sense. Uh, if any, right. Sean used to always brag that he could beat up the Green Lantern with a wiffle ball bat because it was yellow. Let's <laughs> not bring my past into
3: this. Um, th- that
4: implies that uh, that the Green Lantern couldn't pick up a bat with his uh, with his ring, which yeah. he could. He could pick up a, a, an aluminum bat, which would beat your wiffle ball bat, and he could do it from a to mile say away. I was bragging too. <laughs> I think that's really not that this should
0: be written down. Uh. Can the Green Lantern pick up yellow stuff with his ring? Because I've always been curious about this.
4: Well, they've changed it a bit lately. But right, it, yeah, it,
0: I've heard that. But what about the old lore? Old, old lore, no.
4: He could not pick up yellow stuff. He couldn't affect it in any way, shape, or form. Uh, you know, yellow lasers. There was a character called Goldface who could very much <laughs> trounce a lot of uh, Green Lanterns. Uh, you know. There's a, uh, a squirrel Green Lantern from a planet of, you know, squirrel-type creatures uh, named Chip ch apostrophe p and he
5: was killed by a yellow truck running over <laughs>
1: uh,
5: <laughs> i'm curious at what point in the color spectrum it's still yellow because like yeah. this bright yellow and dark yellow like there's <laughs> got to be a certain range that they can not yeah it'd be interesting if it was just based on your opinion
4: <laughs> well that's not yellow I can affect that.
3: also by the way yellow sunny happy color <laughs> not fearful
2: what would be a better color for fear? I don't know. Blue, brown, <laughs> brown, <laughs> black. Black would be a good color for fear. Yeah, we forged you... the brown ring of fear. <laughs> when you have a black parallax floating through space. You're just not seeing anything. Yeah. Well, that's so also he's not even really yellow. That's forming. also
3: another reason yeah, why in your black. superhero movie you shouldn't have your villain be a cloud. I don't think that's a good idea. He's more of a squid.
2: Uh, He's more of a cloud. He's a squid,
3: squid cloud.
4: Allow me to point you to, uh, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh, cloud villain. Yeah, I
0: definitely saw I a similarity correctly. between Parallax and Galactus.
5: <laughs> As representative in it's those true, movies. true, in most movies, the, uh, the hero, uh, flies through them.
3: <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Truly Trivial Trivia Challenge. And now... Because he couldn't cut it as a Freemason, your host Brian James Houghton. Whoa, whoa, whoa! In what
0: comic book universe
3: did this hero reside? DC. In? Oh come on. That is correct, Sean. <laughs> uh, Fastest gun gets it, Kevin. I was thinking you can't it can't mean DC.
4: It yes. must mean something more complicated. <laughs> That's the way it's always
3: been. All right, who's the who directed this film? Martin Campbell. That is correct. Yeah, yeah. Two for two. What was the name of the Green Lantern planet? Oa. Oa. That is correct. Oh, wait. <laughs> so <laughs> Kevin's probably going to get the Green Lantern related <laughs> sure. Alright, what was the name of the aeronautical association that he worked for? Um, what was the second part of it?
2: Bueller. Uh, no. <laughs> Ferris. Ferris. Ferris
3: Aeronautics. No.
2: Ferris, Ferris Air. Closer. Ferris
3: AirPoints. And right, I'm still going to give it to Kevin. It's Ferris Aircraft. What was the Green Lantern response to the question, Were you scared? No. Yes.
1: <laughs> I was... My job is not to be, or... Yes, is...
3: yes, yes, yes. Um, it's my job... Uh, it's my s-
1: job not to be.
3: Were you scared? It's my job not to be. Okay, so that uh, the really lame friend character, when speaking to Green Lantern, says, uh, I'll start the line, you finish it.
2: You're a superhero. Don't they usually get the girl?
3: Don't they always?
2: Don't get they the girl. always get the go.
3: That is correct. <laughs> Trick okay, question. Yeah. He's not lame. So towards the end of the film, why is Hal walking away?
5: He's scared? scared. Scared. Yeah.
1: Because I'm afraid.
3: That is correct, Katie. Mm-hmm. It is because I'm afraid. Oh come on. <laughs> afraid <laughs> is <me>. not scared. <laughs> During the climactic fight, Green Lantern says, "The way it works, blank."
2: Is you have to be chosen. That is correct! What? <laughs> the way
3: it works is you have to be chosen. That is correct.
5: That amazing, I lied Sean. too. Yeah. That wasn't the final fight. Well, there you that go. An ultimate fight against Hector Hammond. Yes, it was. So, <laughs> so who's the winner?
3: The winner is Sean Sterling! <laughs> yeah! In a, in a raucous landslide victory.
5: Yeah. The people yeah, aren't You knew res- you
0: were, didn't you?
5: <laughs> no, I wanted to announce it. I didn't, want, I didn't want him to get into depression before why he announced my victory.
2: So, Sean, final thoughts on The Green Lantern. This movie is not bad. I like it. Things don't always go together very well. It's sort of an odd collage of things, but... All in all, most of the stuff I like individually on their own merit, I just don't think they mesh super well together. You should maybe see it if you really like The Green Lantern. Six out of ten. Brian, what did you think? Please heed my advice, listener,
3: when I say uh, it's not a great movie. It's a bad movie. And talking about it has made me realize how much I I truly do dislike it. Um, There's some visually stunning things. But in the end, I think it suffered from having four different screenwriters. Um, it didn't feel like a, a compact story. I don't like the concept. I don't particularly like the hero, and I didn't like the movie. Kevin, your final
4: thoughts? I understand where people are coming from when they say it is a bad movie. There's a lot of it that is inherently, to me, looks just bad, feels bad, sounds bad. And yet, it was surprisingly winning. Give it a shot if you have, have any hope for it at all, and, uh, and I think you'll be will be surprised. It is pretty good. I do like it. I love Green Lantern. I wish that we had just had the Sinestro story, but hopefully if enough people see this one, the sequel could be much, much better. You can see Sinestro go evil and have a proper movie now that they've kind of gotten it up and running.
5: Chris, what do you think? I wouldn't see this movie wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I think it's a pretty bad movie. It caves into uh, a lot of a lot of flaws. Sort of familiar. Two comic book movies in general. Sort of a cocksure, unrelatable, uninteresting protagonist. A lot of sort of dialogue. It's supposed to be sort of witty banter. It didn't really engage me at all. And uh, I agree wholeheartedly with Brian. I didn't know there were four screenwriters, but that uh, answers a lot of the questions I had about the tone of the film. So, yeah. Don't see this movie. <laughs> yeah.
0: Katie, what did you think?
1: Uh, I'm going to have to agree with Kevin, actually. It did suffer from some bad CGI and some flawed writing, but uh, ultimately, as someone who's pretty forgiving about superhero slash comic book movies, I uh, I found it enjoyable. I liked it. And uh, I hope they do make the sequel, because I will go see it. <laughs> and now for me, Connor, I
0: thought it was good. I'm surprised that so many people on this podcast seem to dislike it. I thought it was generic, definitely, but still good for what it was. Not a lot of scenes were bad, in my opinion. The CGI was very good overall. Some bad CGI, but very, very good overall. I, I especially loved the Green Lantern Planet shots. Those were amazing. And the acting was good overall, with some not so great parts. So I recommend this to anyone that likes superhero movies. Okay, this is Connor saying goodbye for Sean, Brian, Kevin, Chris, Katie, and all the rest.